Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week we watch episode 22 of season 4 and Majin Bone episode 47. Just as a heads up, if you just want to get to these rather boring episodes, skip ahead 20 minutes. Uh, because there's a lot of Devil May Cry talk. It is my new online streaming service. Uh, we are only going to stream JoJo's Bizarre Adventure exclusively. Uh, you'll be able to find the manga on there as well. How much does this Anywhere? cost? Uh, we'll, we'll announce that at a later date. But uh, for now, like, you know, I'm happy to announce if you uh, read up to, say, Chapter 2 of Jojolian, you'll be able to switch off of your computer and take that straight to your tablet, your smartphone, your we have 8K support in the works in the future. Uh, there will be no more physical editions of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure comic book. Uh, all Blu-rays and DVDs of the show are being rounded up as I speak and destroyed. Uh, it will all be on my service. That sounds like it only, sucks. Only game in town, baby! <laughs> Wait, so, okay, so this is your new business model? Yes. And I can choose to take it away at any time. Well, that's what makes it extra appealing. Yeah, gotta get on it fast. I will not give you any of the files, of course. You won't no. be able to save anything. No, heavens no. Yeah, that's all for daddy. Yeah. So that Stadia thing sucks. The... Yeah, it's a fucking bummer. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. It's actually... But, you know, I can... I can swing a few hundred bucks for a new console or something. Uh, moving to a city that doesn't have garbage internet, not really in the cards. Yeah. Uh, they recommend 25 megabit for your connection. Wait, really? That's it? Yeah. So the thing is, they've run tests on this with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and people who had, like, slow internet speeds actually reported that it wasn't, like... Um, it didn't have like a lot of lag or anything like that. This thing like surprisingly works very, very well. Yeah, mine's like fifteen megabit, I think, something like that. Yeah, Maybe so you'd twenty. Still need more. But uh, for somebody like me, a fancy boy with fifty megabits, uh, should work out just fine. And like, it's a, the concept is really neat. Like when they did the demonstrations of how quickly they were able to jump right into a game, how quickly they were able to change different devices and basically just pick back up at the same point, like it was a safe state. The stuff about how you can just have in your video on YouTube, like your exact save file that people can just immediately do. That stuff is crazy and it's really cool. It's the 
broader element that if this is successful and the industry pushes into this as the main method of distribution, that's fucked. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will. I feel like this will last slightly longer than Amazon's attempt at having a game console. I would hope so. Like, it's basically... Stuff moves on to and off of Netflix, but there's still DVDs, there's still Blu-rays coming out. You can still own a lot of that stuff on physical media. So long as like that option is there, that I can just pay for the specific thing I want and I have it, then I think Stadia would be a cool alternative. But if well, this is like the only way you can get at games, which like wouldn't happen for quite a ways out anyway... Are they going to have Stadia Originals or something? Because that's where I would think that would come into play. Because it's true, a lot of stuff on Netflix you can get on Blu-ray, but uh, Netflix Originals, for example, uh, there's no Blu-ray of Season 2 of Jessica Jones or Iron... uh, uh, Well, Iron Fist, but I don't care about that. But Luke Cage or something. Like, they did the first two of Daredevil and the first of Jessica Jones and stopped, and there will probably not be any more. Yeah. I mean, I think they did Stranger Things on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's like a Target exclusive or something. <sighs> yeah, that's where I that's where I saw it, so that checks out. Uh, yeah, they they said that Google's going to do their own first-party stuff. Good, sure. Why not? I bet it'll all be terrible. <laughs> Probably. I mean, Jade Raymond is the one who's heading this all up. Oh, what? What? Well, now I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's in charge of the whole thing. She runs the Stadia division of Google. That's we that might explain why they have so many Ubisoft games in that presentation. Yeah. Yes, it does. Uh Doom Eternal has already been announced for it. Um and then yeah, obviously Assassin's Creed and all the other Ubisoft stuff is coming to it. I don't know, it's Matt Pat's been announced for it. Oh great, yes. He's he gonna was be grown there. in a jar somewhere. He's going to talk over every game you play about whatever it is he does. I don't know. You seem mad at there, him. There was a comment that I saw for the Giant Bomb like watch through of that where someone was just like, I don't understand all the hate for MatPat. Have you guys ever considered that he's genuinely excited for this? <laughs> no, he's the biggest human being who has ever existed. He comes home to his wife and just goes, hey, it's great to see you. And I'm glad to be home. My name is Matt Pat. I am here to present Stadia. Please like, comment, subscribe. Yeah, I, Be I, sure to check out my Patreon. I don't actually know who he is, but... Okay, I'm, I'm fine with not knowing who he is. Just imagine the most punchable voice you ever heard that's not mine. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it would be Ben Pack, but sure. Oh, way, way worse than that. that, that I like find the, it hard the to most, believe. the most punchable voice in the sense that it is incredibly fake and also smug. Oh, just he's the one most of those... self. Yeah, like a very self-assured announcer voice. Hi, everybody. I'm Matt Pat. Welcome to Stadia. Yeah. We've got exciting games on display for you today. Yep. That, cool. But that's just a theory. A game theory. That's pretty much how he 
pronounces that at the end of every one of those videos. Which, by the way, is always dumb fucking dog shit like, what if Mario was dead during all of Mario Galaxy? What if he was? What if Princess Peach was Luigi the whole time? That would make a lot of sense. You know, maybe I should check out this guy's videos. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should. Sounds like he's got some good ideas. We'll wake up to a fucking essay on how you want to run him over with your car. Sure. Uh, but good video games, though, also came out last week. Mm-hmm. Well, more than last week. Devil May Cry is, what, two weeks out now? No, it was last week, I think. Oh, yeah, two weeks. You're right. I, yeah, I want to say it was two weeks. Yeah, I beat that game the other day. Like, I marathoned that within two days. First of all, because I was doing family share, and the person who I'm family sharing that off of has, like, over 3,000 hours in Warframe, and they started playing that again recently, so I knew that I needed to, like, capitalize on any time that I had. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, it was, like, just so good that I could not, like, put that thing down. Hell yeah. It's really good. You get a motorcycle that you break in half, and you use it... As a sword Yeah See like I, I had seen I looked at the What was in the deluxe edition stuff Once you mentioned the Mega Buster And whatever And I saw like Weapon Motorcycle And I was like Okay is this gonna have like Driving segments Kind of like a One part in Bayonetta But uh No you just like Swing a motorcycle around In the air Yep You just beat the shit Out of some demons With a motorcycle It's great You I run them over repeatedly I didn't actually use it much because it's kind of slow for my liking, but uh, yeah. So I had a I had a brief period where I turned automatic combos on because mm. uh, I just figured maybe I'll admit I'm not very good at pulling off combos in these sorts of action games. So the idea of just an auto combo was kind of appealing to me. But the problem with that with Dante is that it will automatically rotate between your items and your style without your input. Well, that makes sense, because that's, like, his whole thing. It it does, but it's also really frustrating because it doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason to it. It's just like, oh, X number of inputs have passed, so it's time to switch to a different item. So there was a lot of times where it would switch to something and it would fuck a combo up. Oh. Well, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, really good. Like, as a longtime fan of the Devil May Cry series... Uh, I was not sure how this would turn out Like I was optimistic about it But you know Series like this uh, who knows But it's Actually a really good ending to the tri the Not trilogy but series Like if they decide not to do any more But I feel like given the reception of this They probably will uh, And that's good I could see them doing I don't want to spoil the game for anyone because it's it's two weeks out, but I think the way that they leave that thing off, there's absolutely room for more Devil May Cry. As oh, far sure. as them having been out there saying this ends the Son of Sparta storyline, like that also makes sense. Right. Um, and speaking of that, I was very happy to see there's a lot more Dante than I was expecting in this. Oh, yeah. Like from the early yes. trailers and the way like he kind of just gets wiped out early on, it makes it seem like oh this is just gonna be all about Nero with occasional V, uh, which for anyone who hasn't played it is the Adam Driver character. Uh, but no, like the second half of that game's like all Dante. Yeah, 
And I like old Dante. Yeah, me too. Well, it's weird because in general he doesn't look as old as he did in that first trailer. Like um that part where he gets the motorcycle and is going towards the screen, that was like the first time you see him in that first trailer. He looks way older there than he does in the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, and he still kinda... he still sounds normal and has the same attitude and everything, so they uh, did that with Devil May Cry 4 from what I was seeing where the original announcement stuff for that basically had a very young Dante in place of Nero and then at some point development changed and they made Nero character and they aged Dante up. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, did you play... You said you are going to play halfway through, get through the Nero stuff in 4 and then just move on to 5. So the reason that I did not do that, again, is because my friend is a psychopath and started playing Warframe again. So I knew that if I do not just move on to Devil May Cry 5, like, immediately, I'm not going to get to it for a whole other week. Mm-hmm. So I wound up just dropping 4 and I watched the cutscenes online. Okay. So you saw Which the bit it... with uh, Trish and Gloria. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. I'm I'm not sure uh, Trish putting on blackface would fly in 2019. <laughs> like Trish going to the Al Jolson school of acting. Like, no, it's fine. She wasn't wearing any panties. It's fine. Oh, okay. Well, good. Yeah, I don't know. So, blackface is okay if you just, you know, don't wear any clothes. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's a... Uh... Like, I feel like 4 would be the best in the series before 5 came out, if not for the backtracking. Um, but oh. because of that whole thing, like, 3 remained the gold standard for a while, even though uh, I like Dante or uh, Nero's, like, Devil Bringer stuff a whole lot, and that, and Dante being able to switch styles in 4, which he can do in 5, too, so. Yeah, the the appeal for me with Nero is that you can bridge the gap between enemies a lot more easily, since you can just gank them right to you. Yeah, because Dante, uh, his um jumping slash just makes you shoot straight down, so you'd kind of just yeah. end up in the air. You can sort of boost around with Trickster and get some distance, but no. Uh, yeah, like, I, I've played through four missions of four which is, from what I understand, a, a decent amount into Nero's part of that campaign. And so I I know it's a good game. Like, I had a lot of fun with what I played of it, but just knowing half of that game is backtracking without those levels really changing much at all is a bummer. And so, like, I've seen a lot of people also complain, like, saying, hey, this game is unfinished, this game is kind of shitty. And, I like, I get it. I think 4, from what I played, is still a good game, but I can understand how frustrating it would be to just backtrack through everything. Yep. For half the game. Yeah, especially since it came out... Oh, I'm trying to think of what year it came out after Devil May Cry 3. Uh, 4 was, like, 2008. Like... Um, yeah, I was going to say 08. One, Devil May Cry 1 was an early PS2 game. Um... It's probably like four years after three. Just in the interest of pissing people off, DMC, like, actually was a fun game to play, right? It was just the story stuff was absolutely fucked. Yeah, it it wasn't terrible. Uh, it was okay. not nearly as good, but... 
I kind of still want to give it a shot now that I've got through five and I've played one and three. Like, I kind of want to give two a shot as well. I really appreciate how in uh, Devil May Cry 5, Dante does not say fuck. The only person that does is Nero, who is the edgy young boy. (laughs) Um, Nico says fuck. Does? The bit where she almost runs over the bird, it's not subtitled, but she oh, yells yeah, yeah. fuck okay. as the okay. fan. Yeah. I rewatched that tonight because I had to like link someone a YouTube video of that and go and like, no, this is great. How like every time you So Nico has like a mobile devil may cry like shop, like you buy your devil arms and other items through her. So and the music in it's so good. Oh god, it's the best music in the game. Yeah. Um uh, well, Devil Trigger is bang, Devil bang, Trigger's bang. really good too. Pull my Devil Trigger. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, I'll get to that in a second because I have something to say about that too. But you buy your items from her, and the way that you summon this van in is you approach a, a telephone booth that is in most of the levels of. But there's like a unique animation for her just crashing into that area in every single level that you can her in. Yeah, although that also kind of stops about halfway through, unfortunately. Like, once you start playing as Dante. There is one in uh, Quiploth? Clyphoth? Clyphoth? Yeah, there there is one in there that I missed, because the telephone booth is smashed, and I didn't know you could walk over to it and actually activate it. Yeah, I I found that one. Um, Yeah, it's spelled like Clyphoth, but... I think the characters say it like Quifod. It's weird. Yeah. It's it's in Berserk, which is actually how I was originally aware that that is a thing in mythology. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, with Devil Trigger, I also linked that same person that song because so I was like, it was basically a YouTube video that took you through like the D C B A S like versions of that song because it's dynamic and on that ranking. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it adds more instruments, it makes the lyrics more intelligible the further up you go, and the tempo picks up. Oh. Okay. That's cool. It's really neat. Uh, and that video is, like, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes in the midst of playing the game because you're so much more focused on what you're doing. But when you actually hear the way that they change everything, like in a YouTube video, it sounds really neat. And so, like, I linked that to someone going, like, this is cool that this game does that. And they were just like... Man, this is some real shitty, like, emo techno from 2004. Hell I was yeah. like, fucking yeah, it's Devil May Cry, baby! That's right. I, uh, this game is fucking dumb, and I love it. I had posted something like, I love butt rock and stylish action, so this is the game for me. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, is this the music of the whole game? And I was like, well, they're going after that PS2 vibe, so it's pretty much that in Screamo. Yeah, I mean, from the first game, it was always like that thing, like, in the background while you're slicing up mannequins. And I love it. I I fucking hate that kind of music, but, like, in this specific game, for the specific style that it's going for, for the era it is trying to invoke, I Mm -hmm. love it. It's also the same uh, thing with Metal Gear Rising. Like, the music in that, I think, really fits that game, especially in the boss battles. When outside of that, mm, no thanks. Kind of like Bayonetta is a lot more jazzy, but it totally works for the aesthetics of that game. Sure. 
And now that you've played uh, Devil May Cry, you realize where Bayonetta got everything about that game. <laughs> right down to Let's Rock, baby. Yep. Which I had always associated with Bayonetta and not Devil May Cry. That's weird, but okay. Well, well, again, like I never played or even watched much of any Devil May Cry game until like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Now you see what you've been missing. A like, lot. Like you found these games pretty good in 2019. Like imagine how good they were when they came out. And that's why there are freaks like me that have been clamoring for a new one. <laughs> the reason I never gave them a shot when they came out was because the friends that I had who were way into them were the kind that wore like the dragon t-shirts with the Chinese characters on them and shit. And even at that point in time, I was just sort of like... Maybe maybe this is a bit much. I don't know. Like I was, but, uh, but like now at, at thirty one years old, like that level of corniness, that level of ooh, this is a bit much, is exactly the kind of shit that I want. I can tell you that I was a wee child and I was in a GameStop and I saw a video of Dante slicing a mannequin up into the air and then shooting it in the air, and I thought this seems like something I should play, and so I did, and the rest is history. I mean, I do regret not playing it back in the day. Now, now that I actually have experience with it and I know how good those games are. I mean, like you said, in 2019, I got this much enjoyment out of them. Yeah. yeah. Good time. Hey, I, we're 20 I, minutes I have... in. Well, what's going on with JoJo? <laughs> I am, I'm Larry <laughs> Davis. With me is George Brundle. This is a podcast about Devil May Cry <laughs> and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, before we get into JoJo's, hold on. I, I've prepared myself, uh, I got a little root beer, and I got some vodka, and I'm going to prepare myself a little drink so we can get through this episode of Joe. So just hold Okay. Just a little bit. There we go, I should do it. What is this? Is this a bit? I just... I would never make a bit out of alcohol. Oh, okay. I thought, given the subject of this episode, this was going to be like, Oh no, there's a shark in here! Or something. Just... Why the shark's have done inside that? of me, Larry. You couldn't have done that before we started? No. I'm not cutting this out. I had no, to I would sit be through trashed it. if I did it before we started this. The cruise. Anyway, uh... these two fucking cartoons we watched this week sucked. Yeah. And JoJo's was like okay for. Look, man, there's a lot of this episode of JoJo's that is just an extended bit of neurontia lying when he's not trying to tell a lie uh yeah and nobody figured it, it out yep yeah and then the second anime that we watched we look the roulette wheel can be a cruel mistress sometimes and it happened to fortune did not favor us this week no no it did not yeah uh... So there, there might be a reason why at the front we talked to that Devil May Cry for 20 minutes. There's, uh, the thing is, look, 
yes, sometimes the roulette doesn't really turn out so well. In this case, it looks like we just barely missed it because apparently everything happened in the episode right before this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, we actually get a new intro. Hell yes! Week. Also, you told me this was really bad, and I don't know. Like the, it, it's, the animation in it's a bit more generic, I'll say, but I like the song a lot more. Yeah, so the first time I watched it, the impression that I was left with was this seems a lot more bog standard. Like, this is a more run-of-the-mill anime opening where it's just like, here's a bunch of stuff that's already happened that you've seen. We're recapping it for you. And, like, here's some characters you haven't seen yet. Ooh, mysterious. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, like, my second time sitting down watching it, like, I kind of dug it a lot more. The song is really good. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, but also, we, we do, it, we... it it does show Trisha's stand in it, so it I does? was kind of right. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. Uh... We we saw some kid in there that I don't think we've seen yet, and I do not know if that is like a future member of the party, or if that is Diavolo, or just some other enemy who's going to be like a recurring enemy. We didn't see oh, any. Oh. Um, the guy at the end. Um, yeah. I think he is an enemy, uh, like one of Diavolo's. I think he's like Diavolo's like right hand man or something. Okay, because we didn't see Clash and Talking Head, so we didn't see any of the other like future stand users. I I don't think. Um, right. Also, is Fugo in it? Because I don't think I saw him. I think he is. Okay. I'm I'm still going with my theory that he dies. So he might. I thought that I did not see him in there, but maybe I just missed him. By the way, 22 episodes in, we've seen Fuko stand exactly once. Yeah, which is too bad because Purple Haze is cool. Yeah, I like Purple Haze. Uh, so uh, the gang is still navigating the canals, and they decide that they're going to stop off for lunch. Because certainly what you will want to do after pissing off the dawn of the Mafia who has a stand that can erase or stop time or something is, like, go get something to eat. Sure. Also, we get, like, an extended conversation about what is the deal with vegetarians. Right, and they confuse vegetarianism with veganism. Um, Yeah. Someone that... uh... I think is great on Mastodon, who I suggest everyone follow, Taznix, T-A-S-N-Y-X. He's on K-N-Z-K.me, and he's got an account anywhere. Just look for Taznix or Kai. Uh, He mentioned that this seems like a conversation from an episode of The Sopranos, and I agree. Everyone says Gabagoo at the end. That's how I know the scene. Hey, Gabagoo! Yeah. yeah. Uh, and <laughs> there's you should a really watch good The Sopranos, by the way. I, I should. Like, I it's, really should. It's funny. I vividly remember my... Again, I mentioned this. There is a significant side of my family that's full-blooded Italian. And uh, they were extremely into The Sopranos in the sense that no matter whose house I went to, they had like a bunch of VHS copies of it. I think it's hilarious that there are people who, like, think Tony Soprano and his crew are super cool when the show is clearly just making fun of what a bunch of dumbasses they are. (laughs) 
I need to watch it at some point because I I bet I would love it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we get a really good bit here where like this dude just stands up and bumps into Narancia, who's drinking wine, and some wine spills onto this guy's white suit. And so Narancio, as he's getting chewed out by this guy, is just like, ah, oh, it's the enemy. And so like him and Guido knock him to the ground and just start kicking the shit out of him. Hell yes. And, and then Abakio joins him. Just like, <laughs> he just is like sipping on some wine and watching this for a bit. And then there's just a hard cut where he's joined in. Yep. Yeah, this is easily the best part of the episode. <laughs> Yeah, and then like at some point they stop and they just realize, oh no, this dude is a civilian. And then Narancia starts freaking out about like how much money he's going to owe this guy. Oh, and Abakio is like, oh, okay, well, let's use him to make sure our food isn't poisoned, and just start shoving food <laughs> in his mouth while he's unconscious. And then they forget about him. He's never brought up or seen for the rest of the episode. He just fades off screen. Yeah. Well, it's okay. He's like an enemy in Goldeneye. He he died, so he just fades away. Yeah. Just disappears into the wind. Uh, So yeah, we get a bit here where where Bucciarati is trying to explain what the boss's uh, stand power is, and Narancia is piping up about... Because again, his his relationship with Trish, he kind of sees her as being a lot like him. And so he's saying, like, you know... We shouldn't fill her in on this. We shouldn't give her this information that's just going to cause her distress. And then Trish is like, I'm in the turtle. I've heard everything. Yeah, this is uh, not the best uh, idea. Like, come no. on. You, you guys should know by now you can hear stuff from outside the turtle. Don't talk openly in front of the turtle. Do not let the turtle hear your plans. <laughs> The turtle cannot uh, be trusted. Yeah, and so Trish is just like, no, I'm I'm in this, I'm cool with this. Like, what you guys do about my father is not my concern, really. Like, I think she's still trying to find out more about him and about her heritage. And so, like, whatever comes of that, like, is not as concerning to her. Yeah, but she gives them some good info here. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, by the way, uh, he's probably from whatever city it was, Marinzia or something. They, they spell it two different ways. In the subtitles, it's spelled one way, and then when they pull it up on a map, it's spelled differently. Well, that's Japan for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying Sardinia, to Sardinia, that was it. That's it, yeah. I was trying to find it, too. Um... Yeah, like, it, her her mom met him there. And then he did a really cool thing where he was like, wait a minute, I'll be right back. And then he never showed up again. Didn't we joke in a previous episode, like, Diavolo went out to get some cigarettes and never came back. And <laughs> apparently that's actually what he did. <laughs> Just erased that time between him leaving and getting cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so while all this is going on, Narancia is, like, fidgeting with his, his spoon and his bowl. He's stirring it around, and then, like, the top of the spoon, or, like, I think the whole spoon is gone. 
and he keeps searching for it in the bowl until he finds out that there's a shark in the soup. Yeah. Uh, waiter, mm. <laughs> waiter, I there's a shark in my. I never do this. I'm so sorry. There's a shark in my soup. I don't know if it fell out of you know the chef's hair uh, or something, but look, look, I, I I never do this. I'm sorry, but I'd like to send this back. Maybe get something different. Oh yes, sir. My apologies. Uh, wh- what else would you like from our menu? Well, you know, I was dead set on the soup, so like another bowl of soup. But like, I don't want the same bowl of soup. You know, I don't want him to like pull the shark out and send the same bowl of soup, of, of soup back. Yes, yes, of course. Would you like a a nice gnocchi? I don't know what that is. I'll get it right out here for you. Okay, that sounds good. Anyway, here's the shark. And <laughs> yeah, let's just do this bit that really goes nowhere, and there's nothing funny <laughs> about it. This was a good idea. So yeah, there's a shark in the soup. <laughs> I don't know, I had a good time. <laughs> there's a shark in my soup, says Woody. Uh, it had. Hey, look, man, this episode is just nothing but a bit that doesn't go anywhere and isn't funny. So. <laughs> yeah. You bring up a good point. Yeah, so there's a shark in the soup, and then the shark jumps. The shark is jumping between sources of liquid, and Narancia, instead of piping up that there's a stand there, gets his fucking tongue bit off. Oh, he does. He says, like, there's a shark in the soup, and he, like, gets up and he uses uh, Aerosmith to shoot the soup. Oh, that's right. And everybody else is like, wait, what? And then while they're looking for where it went, that's when it hops up and bites his tongue. And for some reason, he never just, like, opens his mouth and is like, hey, look at my tongue. Instead, he just sort of well, goes, that's, No, that's the thing is, his mouth is open constantly. Nobody looked in it and noticed exactly. that, like, half of his tongue is gone. Exactly. I'm saying, like, he could, like, be like, hey, Guido, look at this, and, like, just make him look in his mouth. But instead, no, he, yeah. Yeah, and so nobody... It takes them an abnormal amount of time to realize. Eventually they do, because it starts, like, gushing blood. Because Neurancia, like, cuts himself to make it bleed. Yeah. Which, like, again, he... seems... Look, Neurancia's very dumb. Um, yes. This seems very dumb even by his standards. Yes. Uh, so Jorno... Uh, will heal his tongue, but uh, Neurontia, like, can't breathe. Yeah, because the blood from where he decided yeah, so to cut himself like an we idiot. Get, we get something that... This was done in a Saw movie, because I'm a maniac and I've watched most of those, and it's something that I really hate to see, and it kind of... In a cartoon, it was a little bit better, but it was still pretty bad, which is that okay, you need to make, like, a pipe in someone's throat for them to breathe out of. So you take a pin, and you just jam it into somebody's throat. Yep. That pin tracheotomy. Yeah. So they give Neurancia a tracheotomy, and then he's just like, okay, I'll turn parts of the pin into your tongue and everything. You're going to be fine. Uh, And while this is going on, we kind of, like, pan over, and uh, a ways out we see... uh, Flash, or no, what what are the guys' names? Squalo and Tiziano, I think is their names? Yeah, something like that. 
Like, I can't yeah. remember all these weirdo Italian names since they're all going to die in, like, one episode anyway. Sure. Uh, but their stand names are Clash and Talking Head. Uh, Clash is the shark. And Talking Head's power is that it will affix to somebody's tongue and basically control their speech. Or, as they're called here, uh, Crush and Talking Mouth. <laughs> Yeah. Which, like, Crush, okay, that's a good one. Like, I'll... Translation's fucking stupid. (laughs) Also, these two guys are incredibly gay, even by JoJo standards, which I like. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Look, for real, a, a show that has... I think there's something to be said that at this point in the show we're finally getting to characters who at least appear to be openly gay. Yeah. I think that's neat. I like that. Yeah, Araki finally uh, realized what he really wants. And so he's giving it out here for all of us. I also think, look at the point in time that Part 5 was published, that maybe at that point it was more socially acceptable to have outwardly gay characters in your Japanese comic. Probably. I mean, well, look at Japan now, it's probably... Sure. Like, to be fair, I could not tell you the exact trajectory of that being acceptable in Japanese. Yeah, I do wonder if it kind of uh, became more acceptable and then regressed back, kind of like things have here in the U.S., really. Um, Yeah. Like not specifically for that, but for other stuff. Uh, just like generally having like sexuality and stuff out in the open. Like in the '60s and everything, it was like making progress. And then in recent years, especially during the '80s and such, it's been scaled back a lot. So I don't know. Eh, I'm not sure either. All I know is at this point in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that has kind of like tiptoed tiptoed around the subject of homosexuality to just get characters who are like, oh, okay, yeah, they're gay, of course. Like, they're open about it. It is neat. Like, right. we had that earlier in this season, too, with the two members of the Assassin Squad. Yep. Uh, kind of unfortunate that they were also the two members who were killed immediately and off screen. Yeah. Uh, but at least these guys will stick around for, like, another episode. <laughs> so, you know. Maybe. Progress. Yeah. I bet one of them is going to die first and it will, like, send the other one into a rage. That's my prediction yeah. for next episode. I Talking Head is the first to die is my prediction. Oh, definitely, because, like, what else is he going to do? Yeah, Talking Head is kind of not a great stand to begin with because you could just write stuff down. Yep, or if someone figures out the incredibly obvious thing it's doing, they'd just be like, oh, let's just pretend it's opposite day. Because then we know exactly yeah. what Narancha's saying. Well, also, like, his tongue ends up becoming, like, super long and super animate. Mm-hmm. Well, in a like way a... that is not physically possible. And so, like, that would be a dead giveaway that something is going on. Yeah, it's a little octopus thing yeah. in there. It's cute. Yeah, it's basically when Polnareff was trying to clue everybody into the fact that Whole Horse was behind him. Talking yes. head had jumped into his mouth. Exactly. When he formed an yeah. arrow with his tongue. <laughs> I miss Ponoroff. 
Me too. Uh, so their plan, uh, obviously, they're going to kill Bucciarati's team somehow uh, with a tiny shark and a tongue, a vocal cord parasite. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. You need to quarantine the ones that have been infected. Bucciarati's going to go into that tent and shoot everybody. <laughs> I'm already a demon, Bucciarati. <laughs> you need... Bucciarati, you need to find out what all these, uh... What they have in common. They're all Italian. <laughs> oh, no. Go through... That was my favorite part of that game, was fucking looking through a list of all the dudes I fucking bolted out of the levels and going like, ah, shit. <laughs> What do they have in common? Honestly, I never figured it out, though. Like, because I was looking it, at their other stats and stuff, and I didn't really even think yeah. to look at that. Also, they didn't actually get sick that often, so it didn't matter. Yeah. If I remember right, it was a specific language, and the language would generate... Like, it, it would choose that randomly per playthrough. Oh, I thought it was always a specific one, but... Uh, yeah, it, it was definitely it might, the language they It might be, and I might be just giving it too much credit because it's been a while since I played it. Yeah. But I'm positive it was just based on language. And, like, really, I I don't think it's that hard to figure out because it's a vocal cord parasite. Like, they've mentioned that it attacks specific languages. Yeah. So that would be the thing that you would probably want to look for first is, okay, do they all have one language in common? Yeah, it, it is. It's just I never, again, paid attention to it because they didn't really seem to be affected that much by it, and I didn't want to have to sift through all this stuff. So it's like, eh, a couple of them. Yeah. I, I was basically just Ivan Dragoing it. I was like, if they die, <laughs> they die. They're not good enough to be in my unit. <laughs> my th my first thought was, well, maybe I start from scratch. Yeah. Maybe I just kill everybody or just fire them all. Man, I want to replay Metal Gear Solid V. Oh, me, me too. It's a good game. Yeah, it is. That's that story, but a good game. I feel like it's a good story, it's just not, like, a good end to Metal Gear. Like, as a side story, oh, it is totally all. fine. Yeah. Well, also just incomplete. It leaves way too yeah. much hanging at yeah. the end of it. Yeah. yeah. Also, the vocal cord parasite, like, straight up, that stuff is dumb. Sure. It makes no sense, and it's kind of dumb. Like, I like the, the bare-bones revenge story that you have with them just going like, Okay, Skullface murdered everybody, so we're totally going to kill him, right? Like, yes. that's stuff I like. S some would uh, say, you have such a lust for revenge. <laughs> Fun fact, actually, like, I... Because I watched that, like, three and a half hour long Metal Gear Solid 4 deconstruction, I fall asleep with YouTube on a lot. And so I kind of just let the algorithm do what it may. Oh, just no. Just carry me to the next He's waking so up to I, Jordan Peterson videos <laughs> I actually woke up this morning I swear to god to the line such a lust for revenge Ooh. great I can think of no better way to wake up the best part of waking up day. is skull face <laughs> in your cup Oh, <sighs> uh, it could be worse. I could be waking up every morning to the fucking rape tape that Skullface recorded from Ground Zeroes. Mm, yeah. Yeah, see, I Very didn't painful. look 
I didn't listen to all those tapes and stuff, and uh, when I found out about that, I was pretty glad I didn't. Yeah, there's some, uh... Skullface did some stuff, man. Mm. Yeah, no, I listened to everything. Of course Anyway. I listened to all of the ones in V, uh, but not all the ones in Ground Zeroes. I listened to all the ones in Ground Zeroes because I paid, like... I was one of the maniacs who paid like thirty damn dollars for that game, so I was going to get my money's worth. No, oh, I did too, but I, I'm like I played all of the alternate missions and everything, but I just didn't care about the tapes. I one hundred percent of that, like listened to everything, saw everything, hundred percent of that game. So, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Find the snatchers. I, and then, and then I bought it again. On... You what? I bought it again on PC. Oh, of course. Well, at that point, it it would have been, what, $3? Yeah, like, I don't think I paid that much for it on PC. I think that was the whole reason I got it was just because... Because I think I actually got it on, like, PlayStation 3 originally. Oh, weird. Like, I didn't have a PlayStation 4 at that point. So, like, like, the price dropped on PC, and so I was like, okay, I want to see this thing where the graphics aren't bad. Oh, right. Uh, v didn't even come out on PS3, did it? I don't think... But, it... but Ground Zeroes did, and, like, the no, whole I thing was, like... I did. Ground Zeroes Because the whole thing was, like, look how modular the Fox engine is. It'll run just fine on PS3 and 360 and PS4 <laughs> and Xbox One. And then... No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it still looked really good for a PlayStation 3 game. Sure, that's what I'm saying. Uh, it's yeah. just that at that point it was like we're not putting a PS3 game out. Come on. Exactly. But yeah, that at that point in time I had not bought a PlayStation 4, and I really wanted to play it, so I bought it on PlayStation 3, like an idiot would do. Hmm. Yeah, so. instead of just putting that thirty bucks towards a PS4. Yeah. Well, because at that point in time too, I think the PC version was actually a ways out. Like that. Released. Yeah, it it didn't come out at the same time, or yeah. I would have gotten. Otherwise, there. obviously, yeah, exactly. I would have just bought on that. Anyway, the reason why we're talking about this instead of JoJo's is because this is the point where we start the extended bit of of Narancia not being able to tell the truth. Yeah, which accounts for oh, I don't know, like fifteen minutes of this episode. Well, look, liar, liar, spread that out to uh two hours, so. Sure. <laughs> Neuronzia yelling it to a phone Stop breaking the law, asshole <laughs> Neuronzia stuck in the <laughs> turtle gets... With Trish and being like Ah, it's cause your boobs are huge Or whatever it was <laughs> Mama Remember that bit Yeah suckling. Like uh, the, those, things, yeah, no. those two parts are the things I remember From Liar Liar I remember the bit where he gets pulled over and I legitimately would love to see that happen with Neurancia. Oh, right, where he's like, uh, I ran two yeah. lights and I was speeding! Like, lists all yes. the things he did, yeah. That was a good part, too. I have okay. 27 on pay parking tickets! <laughs> yeah. Hits his dashboard and it just all comes falling out of the glove compartment. Yes. You know, that movie would have been a lot better if it was just, like, a string of stuff like that instead of, like, every sort of 90s comedy where it had to have some sort of touching family moment. Because, like, the whole thing is like, oh, I have to reunite with my kid. Oh, right. And at the end, like, he chases the plane down or whatever. And, like, 
Come on. I still like that movie, but yeah. Yeah, you know what Jim Carrey movie people don't talk about? Me, myself, and Irene. I thought you were going to say the number 23. (laughs) No. I'm very mad that I spent like two hours of my life watching that piece of shit. I haven't seen Me, Myself, and Irene. It was okay. They cut out a scene where he fucks a watermelon. That's like the thing that I remember from that movie. Why would would they do that? It was it was like a weird gag where like he's dejected and he's returning home and he just casually picks up a watermelon and puts it in the oven and walks away. <laughs> and like that's it. Like they don't linger on it or anything. And it's a kind of a good gag, like if you know what that's about. And for some reason they cut that out. Well, congratulations to Peter Farrelly, a uh, winner of of uh, Best Picture Oscar for Green Book. And director of Me, Myself, and Irene. <laughs> You've come a long way, Red's baby. Peter, you did it. Yep. We had well, faith in you. Well, they cut the bit from Green Book where he fucks a watermelon, you see. Yeah, well, the Academy voters wouldn't have been able to handle it. They're like, well, we're not giving uh, Best Picture to Roma because it's on Netflix and we're threatened by that, so we have to give it to something that was in theaters. Yeah, you know, dumbasses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, th- <laughs> we've alluded to it a lot, but to put it like flat out, Grancia can't tell the truth. Talking Head basically controls the way somebody talks. So that here, is here's the thing, seemingly though. all it does, other than like it can also control. I think actually what it does is it just controls their tongue. I think it just like um, takes the place of their tongue. Here's the thing, though. It's not that he can't tell the truth. It's that it makes him say the opposite of whatever he was going to say. Which, if Naranchi was smart, he would try to say the opposite of what he means, which would then come out correct. But so Naranchi isn't going to do that. I don't think it's even that. I think it's actually that talking head can just make you say whatever talking head wants you to say. But you have to be, like, trying to say something in order for it to work. It Mm. overrides what you're saying, but it chooses entirely what it is overriding your speech. Maybe. Giorno says something like, um... Oh, you have a stand that's making you say the opposite of what you mean, right? And Naranja, like, no, it's okay. So, look, I I don't know. It doesn't matter. This sucks. Yes, it does. Because, like, the the whole thing that this is they're trying to use Talking Head for is to lure them into the bathroom where there are multiple sources of water for a clash to attack. So and he... it mostly works. Narancia runs in there and starts, like, trying to shut all the water off and everything. Hmm. Also... The things he's saying don't necessarily make a whole lot of sense because he says something like, it was like a pebble and it was huge. Yeah. And, wait, what? When describing the stand. Yeah. Um. They they do a bit where they get moody blues to go in and start like trying to rewind time, which is a good idea, but because Narancia leads them into the bathroom, they start using it in there where there's nothing that they're going to find. Um, but Narancha doesn't want him to go near the toilets uh, because there's yeah, water there, so I'm... he gets over and starts peeing in it. <laughs> By the way, and then it's just like, "Hey, everybody, look at me!" 
good stream on Narancha there, like good and steady, and it goes for a while. It's like an Austin Powers bit. I I think it's like a Bashi looks at him and is just like, "What? Did you become a pervert? What the fuck, dude?" <laughs> I mean, some would say Narancha always was. Yes. Piss, 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 piss. Everybody check this out. I hate Narancha. Remember that, remember that bit in Austin Powers where Austin wakes up and he pisses for like a solid minute straight? Yes, I just said this is like an Austin Powers bit. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just said that. I'm about becoming tw- forgetful in my old age. About 20 seconds ago. <laughs> Where am I? <sighs> anyway, so after uh, Jim Carrey fucks the watermelon and me, myself, and Irene, uh, there's a really good cut where like he's taking a shit, but then it cuts to like soft serve chocolate ice cream. So... Anyway, the rest of the team leaves the bathroom. Uh, I do that. And, uh... What happened? Like, Narach is crying, and then the shark's in his tears, and it attacks his hands. It's gonna use the blood to move to, uh, Jorno. Jorno figures out what's going on. Yeah, he's trying to heal Narancia, and then Narancia breaks like the pipe on the wall to cauterize his wound yeah, that's actually a pretty good bit where he uses Aerosmith to like shoot the pipes and superheat them to burn him shot yeah. uh, but like the shark jumps out anyway and chomps on uh, Jorno's neck which is where we leave the episode off <sighs> finally this is something that seemed like it was just a little too long to cram into one episode so they had to stretch for time yeah, but it I, was too short to actually make two good full episodes out of. Yeah, I wonder if next episode, like, they're both going to die within ten minutes or something. Yeah, maybe. Because there's good stuff in this episode. Like, the, the bit with them staining the uh, civilian shirt and then kicking the shit out of him. Yeah. Um. Some amount of of Neurancia not being able to tell the truth would be fine. It's just they stretch it out for so long. Yep. You don't have to and see him, t- like, going, uh, 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 oh, oh, yeah. like, every time. There's a lot of padding for time in this episode. Uh, there are some bits where I think the animation is just poor. I didn't really notice that. I noticed Jorno seemed, like, kind of off-model near the end, though. Like there, he, he looked more angular. It wasn't just Jorno. Mm-hmm. There were moments where Narancia seemed off model, where Bucciarati and Guido seemed off model. Like during bits where not a lot is happening, really, so you can kind of get away with that. Like where. Well, Narancia always like looks like a freak. Well, like specifically when Narancia is like moving a spoon around, the size of the bowl keeps changing relative oh. to Narancia. Like okay. stuff like that. That stood out to me as just, okay, we had a filler episode before this where it was just a recap. Maybe they needed more time to produce the episodes that followed that. Maybe we're not getting like good animation for some of these bits where characters are off model and, like, props are going disproportional 
to the characters that are using them because they needed more time. Maybe. Wonder how long it'll be till the next recap. Ten episodes, uh, maybe? Two episodes. <laughs> well, also, we get a new uh, ending song. Uh, Modern Crusaders yeah, I... by Enigma. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. I didn't think we would be getting a new song. I thought like a, a new sequence was possible, but not a new song. Yeah, which I'm okay um, with. That's actually uh, I almost went with that song for our episode where we talked about Enigma in part four. Oh, that would have that would have been good. Well, I used a different Enigma song, but um, uh, we also get like a obviously a new sequence to go along with the new song, and this one I don't think is reusing the stand models that we've had for it's like not. the previous 21 episodes okay i couldn't quite tell like it uh it kind of pans from bottom to top showing all the enemy stands that they've faced so far and then it goes into like the bucerati team's stands mm-hmm. uh, on like part of this uh, mural yeah it, it still kind of looks like a statue and stuff but it's not the same like poses and everything yeah. as we've had previously so that's cool yeah I like how this one looks. I think this actually might be my favorite like sequence for the ending theme for part five. Um, oh, for five! I yeah. like freaking yeah. I like freaking you more than this song because it at least opens on the bit about being so horny. <laughs> sure. And so I kind of miss that not being there anymore. Yeah, I think overall I like this song more, but I did really like how <laughs> freaking you opens on <laughs> yeah. that. Did you see the album cover? For- yes. Freaking you! Yeah, so they they did they put that album back. I don't well, know it's why just, I'm blanking it's on It's just the best name. of Jodeci. Yeah, but it has Jorno on the cover, yeah. which is which is great that that also was announced at the same time that they switched off of that theme. Yep, of course. Uh, anyway, that was JoJo's a middling episode. There was some good bits in there, but like half of that episode just kind of stank. Yeah. But now, it's time oh, for no. Roulette. Every time I look into your eyes, it's roulette, it's roulette, it's roulette. Every time I connect all your wires, disconnect, disconnect. Yeah, not a great one this time. We'll Here's the thing quick. about Majin Moan. Majin this Bone. is probably a perfect anime to include in anime roulette. We just had the misfortune of getting to an episode that was mostly dialogue. Yes, so when I picked this show, I had no idea what it was about. Uh, I just saw mm-hmm. the name and thought it seemed funny. Uh... And then, after picking this on the roulette last week, I looked at the Wikipedia page, found out that it's based on a card game, and so I thought, oh, this is going to be extra good, because they're going to be whipping out cards and laying trap cards and whatever, it's going to be real good. And Yep, it's uh, going to be 6 in the morning, and I'm not going to understand any of the rules to this card game. Yeah. As it turns out, mm, no. They, like, yeah. they, they pull out cards a couple times, but they don't say what they are or what they do. Yeah. Most of this episode 
what what's the name of the event that they bring up? Joining. Yeah, jo- the joining uh, of the end. Sure. Yeah, they say the phrase "the joining of the end" like thirty fucking times in this episode, and like nothing else happens. There's a lot of talk about bones, which apparently are like the mech suits or whatever that they merge with, yes. I guess. And so I really like that, where they're like, we need to find the dragon bone. I have jaguar yeah. bone. He used a bone crush. The first five minutes of this episode are are the, the bits of Majin bone that I wanted to dive into. Exactly. Where we start out, our, our characters are in the midst of a battle. Uh, everybody is a little worse for wear. Our heroes have taken damage. Uh, have taken damage. Uh, the villains' bones are damaged, as they bring up specifically. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, I just really like the phrase, is like, my bone is damaged. This bone is imperfect and must be destroyed. <laughs> Bill you know Forte is the it. most powerful character in Machin Bone. <laughs> Thanks for the muscles, Richard Bones. Rest in peace, Richard Dunn. Gone but not forgotten. Yeah. Well, those bones gave uh, him some extra time. Yeah, so there's something about the, the joining of the end is brought up and has something to do with the primordial Majin. Yeah, both sure. Both concepts we do not get any explanation for by the end of this episode. I nope. do not know what the joining of the end is. They are still trying to figure this out, the characters in the anime, by the end of this episode. Uh, I don't know what the primordial uh, Majin is, period. But they seem to. Yeah. Um, I had really high hopes for this early in this episode where there's this Cyclops-looking dude that just puts his hands in the air and says, This is all for the people of Nepos! And then there's like a horseman next to him who like goes, Shh! like shoot steam out and I thought this seems pretty good the bit that I thought this was going to be really good is when we cut over to somebody announcing that the core of the planet has died <laughs> and it's a physical fucking real person yes Lord <laughs> Stoltz or something who is displayed like linen in that episode of the Simpsons yes. just in a glass coffin <laughs> for everyone to see <laughs> Yeah, and he's just like, but don't worry, everyone. He entrusted me with this goddamn trading card. <laughs> it's a foil Charizard. <laughs> That's how you know I'm destined to be king. Yeah, it's a first print. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if they are like literally <laughs> the core of the planet, like. All right, just sure. look at the planet like the yolk and an egg. <laughs> yolk from egg. That's right. Um, it was all like, cozy, warm. Then someone murdered me with a fucking blue eyes white dragon. Now everything's shit. I'm dead and in a box. Insert clip of Boss Nash saying, The planet core. This <laughs> <sighs> is like the first five minutes of this anime, and I'm thinking, This is going to be great. And then everyone just started talking. Yeah. For the remaining 18 minutes of this, nobody would shut the fuck up. Yep. It's kind of a bummer. I don't even know how to summarize this episode because it just goes in circles. It's just everyone going like, we don't know what the joining of the end is and we need to find out. 
So everybody go off in your opposite little directions and try to figure out what the fuck this even means. The, it's, the main there's a character... dude with a beard and he's doing research. There's some girl with purple hair. Uh, yeah. Her dad kept some stuff in the basement that she was not supposed to find out about. Yeah, so the girl with purple hair kind of looks like Makoto from Ghost in the Shell a little bit. Or or kind of like um the demon-possessed chef from that Toriko episode we watched. Um, <laughs> yeah, she reminds me more of um the girl with the, like, oh god, My Hero Academia. She's got, like, the ear thing where they look like the uh, auxiliary plugs oh, for yeah, yeah, yeah. her headphones. Okay, yeah. sure. Uh, Anyway, that's Liebert. Which apparently is her first name Which is interesting uh, And her. Like most of this is about her And just yeah, like, so like having the, flashbacks little... To like going in a basement Where she's not supposed to There's stuff on the wall and Yeah uh, Stuff about different Majins that have existed But like at the end of it it says the joining of the end And then her dad comes in here So like you're not supposed to be here You need to leave Mm-hmm. Told That's kind you of once, it. I told you a million times, you do not go in the basement. And, like, the characters just kind of wander around, and they're like, here's Scientist Man on our computer screen. He's going to talk to us yeah. about the bones. There's one guy that your I bones. really want... <laughs> There's Rebuilding one guy... Rebuilding your bones. There's a guy I wanted to see more of when they're sitting there looking at the dude on the computer. It's just, like, this huge dude with, like, a purple mohawk and, like, what looks like a sheep wool jacket or something and like this big pink jewel on his belly i guess and he looked really cool and he never shows no. up again yeah we don't get any of him oh we get we get a sequence where liebert teleports into space to talk to what i assume to be the main character's mom uh yes. the main character I'm saying this because he seems like the quintessential like card game anime main character in that he is the youngest character in the group. Well, yeah, he's like the uh, mid-teens boy with spiky hair, yeah. so... He's the one who seems the most neutral. Like, he doesn't have a specific quirk that you can latch onto. Like, we have a pretty boy character, we have your character with the jewel belly button or whatever. Like... He seems the most baseline normal, like, this is supposed to be the audience censor. Uh-huh. Uh, but Shogo, his, mom, his name is. Named yes, after uh, the she... classic monolith video game. <laughs> That's right. Like, he popped Certainly out, his mom was like... Else. His mom was like, ah, I'll name him after my favorite video game, Shogo Mobile Armor Division. Just Called... started looking at things on her shelf. His middle name is Mad. For sure. Uh, 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 I'll name him uh, Septeracor. No, 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 no. Shogo. <laughs> Got Septeracor on the shelf for easy access. What was the two in one? You know, that and Shogo bundled together. Yeah. It's a thing that actually existed, everybody. Yeah, we've talked about it before here, I think. Yeah. It's the most disappointing gift I've ever been given, but also the best gift I've ever been given because I got Shogo. Wait. That game's dumb. Well, yes. Shoot guys and they like spin around. Yeah. Uh Terracore though, bad game. Oh yeah. Really oh. bad. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so she teleports into space to talk to his mom. And god damn it, by this point, I can't even remember why, because I was so fucking bored. Yeah. They also, have themselves a cry. I, I don't know. Also, apparently his mom left when he was a kid, and they take that as like, eh, well, you didn't really have a choice. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, like, mom seems, had to go to space now. Seems like maybe, uh, it's not slides fine. Off, slides off the screen like Poochie. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know, this was weird, too, because I mentioned to you that his mom looks like she is maybe 20-something, possibly early 30s, by the way they draw her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Liebert? Liebert. Liebert yep. looks like she is maybe late teens, early 20s, and then, uh, Chie, I think is his mom's name, and she's just like, oh, yeah, I've got a daughter your age. Yeah, his mom's going to the meat dimension. Fucking, how old are you, lady? Look, it's it's anime. How if sure. you looked at the main kid's mom in a Gundam Build Fighters, you would think like maybe thirty, right? I think that actually makes no. Eh. Yeah, because at that point she would have been. I could see her having her kid around age eighteen, and her character model would look consistent with that. Yeah. Okay. With this character, though, she's drawn. Look, he could have added a few wrinkles. Is all I'm saying. All right. Fine. I guess. Could have added maybe some lines near the mouth, maybe under the eyes, on the nostrils. I don't know. Something to indicate that this character is a bit more aged than the uh, woman visiting her, who looks like she's drawn precisely the same age. Well. Look, there's a fine tradition of anime milfs, and I don't appreciate you trying to destroy this heritage. Want well, a little bit of accuracy in my anime milfs? I don't think that that is too much to ask for. You're a regular rambaral on the prowl for anime milfs. <laughs> that is right. I turned 31 and I morphed into a perfect rambaral. <laughs> Great. How's that mustache going? My family won't talk to me anymore. <laughs> I can't blame him. My coworkers won't look at me the same. I wear sweater vests now and build Gundams. Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of all that happens in this, really. Yeah, this is uh, about 22 minutes oh. of nothing. Oh, very um, irresponsible. Liebert also teleports the mom back from space. <laughs> And she can't even stand because she's been zero G's for so long and everyone's like, uh, I don't think you should really be here. I've been in zero gravity for as long as my boy has been in existence. I can't use my legs anymore. What's wrong with you? Yeah. So, uh, her son just hoists her up on his back and, uh, they're going to go to another planet together where he just kind of, like, wheels her around on what looks like a very comfortable chair. Also, that planet has a Dragon Ball dinosaur in it. Yes. Like, just straight up, it has the same horns and stuff that uh, Toriyama always likes to draw his dinosaurs with. So, okay. There's probably a really cool anime here. There, There is something that is absolutely perfect for anime roulette where we have a bunch of bullshit card game mechanics and 
I don't know what bones are. <laughs> um, I don't know what the joining of the end means. I don't know what it means to be the core of a planet. Like, there's stuff here that makes us perfect for animated roulette. We just happened to get a bad episode where it was all exposition and just kind of meandering around because they're clearly padding for time. Sir, for a bone, what's your favorite part about Majin Bone? <laughs> Ooh, probably the bones. Yeah, those bones were good. Yeah, I don't Anyway, know. this is my way of saying that my vote is we keep Majin Bone in this because I think if we spin again, there's a good chance we get an episode that makes this like a better fit for anime roulette. Okay. And also, it's not like this has really spoiled anything, so... No, like, that's... I still have no idea what's going on in this. And because this episode was so dry, I feel if I went into something that was more action-based, I got deeper into, like, the card game that is at the root of this whole thing, it would still be a beautiful mess for me. Okay. All right, then, yeah, I agree. We'll keep it. So... Then let's do the roll for next time. Again, we've got one we're out of gonna, ten. We're uh, going to land on Majin Bone again. I already know. <laughs> I can feel it in my bones. Got three, which is Reborn! Exclamation point. There are 203 episodes of this. <laughs> oh, no. So start at 100. Yeah, what is this? Reborn. It's the one about the uh, hitman or something. Something like that. Okay. A magic mafia hitman. Like, thematically, <laughs> goes pretty well with JoJo Part 5, really. Okay. There's also, like, it's a baby hitman in it. But I showed you a picture oh, and was this like, was... Yeah. would this affect you? And you're like, nah. It's fine. So. Oh. Would trigger my fear of babies in some way. Yeah. Okay, so episode 100, 203. I'm also getting an episode list up here so I can see and make sure I don't get recap or something. 184! <laughs> Keep getting near the end of these. And for the most part, that's worked out for us. Yeah. So. 184. Let's see. It is uh, sunny then cloudy. No description on what this is. Oh, okay. There, there's a separate Wikipedia article for uh, each season of Reborn. Okay, this isn't a recap or anything, so we're good. Okay. So next time, uh, episode 23, Jojo, which is uh, Clash and Talking Head. Crush and Talking Mouth and Reborn episode 184 I so I wanted to to bring this up earlier when we were talking about JoJo's uh, but I kind of forgot I I think probably listening to the, the part 5 segment of this podcast it might sound like we dislike a lot more of these episodes than we have compared to previous seasons but I think what the issue is is us now moving on a week by week basis, going one episode at a time? Oh, definitely. Like, in the parts that we've had prior, 
a lot of these new stand users that show up, it's a two-part affair, and it's better to kind of take that in those two parts than it is to break it up and have a week separating. Yeah, so like, this episode was a real fucking drag, because we don't even get to the fight with the stand users, but if I bet we did this, like, previous seasons, and we took this as two episodes, and we had the whole arc of Clash and Talking Heads, we'd probably love it. I don't know that I would love it, but the thing is, there were clunkers in previous seasons, too. It was just that when yeah, you're doing three or four a week or whatever, then you can kind of just skim past that and be like, all right, now you're done to the good stuff. So, yeah, yeah I guess. But, like, I, I think that's part of it is just we get those episodes that are largely setting up the episode that's going to follow the next week. And because of the way this is done, we just we have that buffer there. Mm hmm. And so it makes it a little bit harder, I I think. Like, this isn't the way, I guess what I'm getting at is that I would like, this isn't the ideal way for me to enjoy JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I think that the way that I've enjoyed it more is by sitting down and, like, benching four episodes. Yeah. Also, um, it definitely doesn't help that this was the episode right after a week off, where we also had yeah, to go with the Rohan OVA, which wasn't great either, so... Boy, yeah. Oh, the second one's back. Yeah, no, like, especially for something that comes after a break like that, where you're having a recap episode, and then this is the first episode where we've had a change in the opening theme and even the ending theme, mm -hmm. and it just does not feel like it is high stakes enough. The animation does not feel like it meets the quality that you would expect for a sort of, basically a mid-season break. Um... I don't know, it, it just fell completely flat for me. Like, half of that episode was just a a drag, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a it's fine. I, I, but, but the point I'm trying to make here is, so far I'm really enjoying Golden Wind, even though it might seem like there's possibly more episodes that we dislike compared to previous seasons. Yeah, I, I feel like they're probably... Are more episodes that I haven't liked I'm just counting But I I don't know I still like the overall vibe of this season a lot Yeah me too Like I'm still having a good time You're always having a good time Oh yeah Always Anyway Just like, just like Queen Yeah Sure Congratulations Bohemian Rhapsody on your Oscar win For best editing uh, which makes me think the Academy voters do not know what editing is or what makes good editing because... Whoever makes the most cuts gets the award. That's how that works. Yeah, they thought the award was for most editing. Look, uh, I watched Mr. Show. I know that more equals better than. That's right. I actually, uh, I did hear from some people who had speculated that it was meant to celebrate the editor on piecing together that movie after Brian Singer got dumped. <laughs> Uh, which <laughs> kind of would make sense, I guess, like if they managed to salvage yeah. it from what they had. But at yeah. the same time, holy cow. Yeah, no, like I've... We might have been over this, I, I don't know if it, privately or like on this podcast, but I had not seen much of that movie. I've never sat down and watched like a full scene of it, and then you linked me that that one bit where they're like at a 
can't remember. They're at like Cafe. a table and some guy sits yeah. down and joins them and there's like 40 fucking cuts in that thing. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we'll be back <sighs> next week. Episode 23 of season 4 and uh, what was it? 184 of the uh, Reborn? Yes, 187. No, okay. 184. No, you're just thinking of 187 on the motherfucking cop. <laughs> one eight seven ride or die. Uh, no, one eighty four of reborn. Uh, we'll see you then. Bye. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs>